Yo, 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 what is good, people? Another Tuesday night at 9 p.m. We are going live. We're bringing the heat like we do every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern mm. here at the Cash mm. Geeks Network. But Guys, this I'm... Tuesday, we decided to go live. I'm G. <laughs> Guys, and I'm Dom. And this is the, the Cash, Cash Geeks, Geeks Network. Network featuring Hayden Vance. <laughs> so tonight we got my man, my man Q coming from San Antonio. And uh, you guys know we always bring hitters. We bring people that are actually making moves in this industry. And luckily, we're blessed to know people in this industry mm -hmm. that are movers and shakers. So we actually um, got to hang out with Q in San Antonio. We did a couple deals over there. So we went out there, checked out the market, um, grabbed dinner. Man, this guy is a real player. So Q, Warren, let's bring him on. Yo. What's up? What up, y'all? How you guys doing, man? man Quentin Flores Dude, in the building. That was literally the I have my kid in the other room sleeping. What up? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how's the little guy doing, bro? Oh, he's good, bro. He just started school, man. So uh got all kinds of stuff. I'm I'm actually chilling in my new house. I just bought it. My homies from oh, yeah. HBHS just hooked me up. So uh you know, we got a sweet deal on this place. This is my in-house studio that I have. So I do all my video, my YouTube video content and all that crazy shit. I do it here. So, I mean, I'm excited, man. Thank you guys for having me again. I really appreciate oh, yeah, coming man. back. You're more than welcome, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. The uh, Is that like a throne you're sitting on? or This is a what, gaming what? chair, bro. What is it? <laughs> it's a gaming chair. Oh yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's real comfortable. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, but it's big in the streamer community. So for people who like film themselves playing video games and shit, they sit in these bad boys behind me. So yeah, it's a good chair, man. I'm not gonna lie, this fucking thing moves up and down. Little vibrator thing inside of it. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. If I give you a good price, will you put vibrator? <laughs> so you are into gaming too, though, right? Yeah, man. I, I love playing video games. I honestly credit a lot to what I built in the business world to video games. Um, and, and mainly because you know, dig in on that shit. I've never heard that. Let's go. Just yeah, you know, man. grinding that cod, man. It's the same as grinding with sellers. <laughs> Bro, you'd be so surprised how similar, like there's just similarities in marketing, man. And and you see, like really, like realistically what it is, is the improvisation of things that are happening. You know what I mean? Like, and I love fighting games because I have to read the way that my opponent is playing. And otherwise I'll get my fucking ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? And in business, it's the same way. You know, you have to read the way that your competitors are playing so that you can pivot in a certain type of way that allows for you to, you know, go the direction that you're wanting to go um, and, and it be profitable and tangible for you to be able to do so. But, man, I mean, I honestly, I've been playing games since I was a kid, bro. Like, that's some good shit, though. Uh, I don't think a lot of people make it out that realm. <laughs> like you get into business. I can't say that I build a multi-million dollar company because I play video games, you know, but there was a lot of things that led up to that. But the decision making uh, part of video games really allows for you to do some crazy shit in the real world if you can apply that concept to business. Right. No, that's, that, that's true, man. And um, Elon Musk got started just playing video games and that's what drove him into technology so yeah. i think it's it's common man um for for people in this you know industry especially the younger generation we just grew up on games um and i feel like a lot of people in the game in the real estate game you you 
later find out that they were all gamers. Everybody was just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I know like all the the big younger dudes, they're all they're all gaming. So I think it has something to do with exactly what you're saying. For sure, man. Whenever y'all want to get y'all's asses kicked in Mario Kart, just let me know, bro. <laughs> I'll fly <laughs> over there real quick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, that's funny, man. So cool, man. So tell me a little bit about where you're at right now. Like we we talked, I mean, I don't know when when was the last time we had them? Like a year ago? Probably close to a year ago. Yeah. We were yeah, in the old bro. building. Yep, yeah. Yep. I so, feel like COVID was in like a real like around COVID, right? Wasn't it? Something like that. I don't remember, man. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, like it, I'm light years from that point, man. Uh, when I first talked with you guys, I had probably three different companies. That was it. And right now, I'm standing at 13 different businesses. I do a lot of things right now, and uh, I hired a lot of people to help me do a lot of things too, man. So I mean, I mean, it's been phenomenal. My real estate company. You know, back when I, I first did the, the show with you guys, I had about 20 people on my team. I cut that down to about four people that I could actually depend on, uh, hired a sales manager, hired a disposition manager, and they pretty much run the entire organization at Infinity Cash Offer. I oversee fully, and I have about six VAs that are cold calling and two that are working the back-end system right now that are keeping me organized. So, I mean, uh, that whole business to me has just been fully automated at this point. And so I, I've been focusing on other aspects of business like virtual assistance. I'm currently servicing over 200 real estate investor clients with my VAs. We have, we have over 300 VAs that are employed to real estate investors. Uh, we jumped into the e-commerce space. I'm currently automating 13 different stores and scaling that up. Uh, I've run my own mastermind now, bro. I got, I got a lot of shit going on, you know, but... Dude, light years, crazy. light years from when I first talked to you guys. But man, I mean, real estate has been booming, bro. I've, I've been, it's been like deal after deal lately. We've been dabbling in a lot of creative finance. And thanks to my friends, Mike and Charles, we've been doing a lot of reverse wholesaling and really implementing that as well. And, uh, you know, the, the creative finance deals, bro, have just been out of this world, man. We've been doing a lot of subject to deals. And uh, man, I mean, we got, we got 13 deals on the board right now that are scheduled to close. Not insane. But my overhead dropped from like $50,000 a month. Now I'm spending like 14 k a month. That's office, team, salaries, everything. And, uh, you know, we're still hitting those six-figure months. So ROI is just through the roof right now. It's been an adventure, bro. Like this last year, I've lost a little over 90 pounds. And uh, that's crazy, man. Cheers to that, man. Thanks. Thanks. I've been working on it and I'm still working on it. Um, and, and with everything that I've been doing in the business realm, I just feel like all of it's just been elevated. Uh, and it really started with getting my mindset and my health right. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm excited to be on the show, bro. I'm willing to talk about whatever, man. But like I said, uh, I feel that a lot of people really leave out that health factor, man. And I did that for years. I put my whole fucking life on the back burner because I was trying to build a multi-million dollar company. And, Are you and- talking about my life here, Q? Help <laughs> on the back burner. Raise your hand. Hey, you man, hey, bro, you're not alone. Believe me, that's pretty yeah. much ninety percent of anybody who's an entrepreneur. You know, yeah. you you make this this thing in your mind that's like, man, I don't have time, or I, I can't make time because I I this is more lucrative. I'm gonna sacrifice health to make sure that I can get wealth, and then I can take care of my family because that's what's more important to me. And you do these things at sacrifice to the other things, you know. But uh, man, I mean, I'll tell you, bro, like it's just been an eye-opening thing. 
you know, we have different systems and processes that we're using. A lot of the stuff that we were doing before is more streamlined now. And I'm more about doing more with less than what I was. I was trying to do more with more. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's a big thing that people mess up with in business because you can go broke trying to close deals, bro. Like straight up, man. I know people who just toss thousands of dollars at the marketing fucking wall, just trying to see if something sticks. And then next thing you know, they're broke and they're like, what am I supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think it's good to, to, to understand how to balance yourself correctly and what it is that you're trying to do for your business and not trying to make a million dollars by being and going broke. That's not how this works. You know, you have to make calculated decisions, which goes back to the video game thing. <laughs> mm. You know, one thing that I've always admired from you, Q, is you do a really good job just documenting your your day-to-day and your path to where you are now. So your entire like social media, your posts, your stories, everything, it tells your story from day-to-day. I think you do a great job with it. And the way you do it, it doesn't feel like you're forced to do it. It feels like you like it. It comes natural to you. So am uh, I wrong with assuming that? Like, No, no, not at all, man. And I have an awesome team. Uh, VAs run my social media. Um, I have a guy that does my filming in town. His name's Ernie. He films all of the videos that we do. Um, I have a guy. One of our VAs is Bert. Bert. (laughs) I got a guy named Mark who does all of my video editing. Ernie's constantly sending this guy footage. And then uh, I have a girl named Courtney who oversees my social media stuff who's in Alabama. And uh, she's posting content every single day. A lot of the stuff that you guys see is backlogged. So right. yeah. I can do what I normally do, and there's just a camera on me. You know what I'm saying? And right. that, I, mean, I think that, that that's, a, that's a hard thing to delegate. I'll say that because at the beginning, when you start building a brand, you're trying to gather an audience. If people don't know how to do that, bro, like in business, it's so imperative that you give clarity and that you verify when people do business with you. And I call this I call this concept clarify and verify, right? And and if you're trying to close more deals, this could lead into a million dollars. If you guys don't mind if I talk about that real quick, but you see, clarity means when I walk into an establishment, I know that I'm buying something, right? And the product has been identified the moment that I walk into it. And so when I walk up to McDonald's, I immediately know what's up. <clears throat> Yellow arches, red fucking doors. Uh, I go inside the building. I've been verified. I mean, I've given, I've been, I've been given clarity like two times already from the moment I pulled up because everything's branded McDonald's, right? And then the person who takes my order is wearing the fucking swag, and they they take my order, and then I get verified. They give me my receipt. I get verified four times during this process. They hand me the tray that has the M on it, the brown tray, right? And then they give you the paper that comes on top of it. And on that piece of paper, if you look closely, it's deals and specials that they're having that you can utilize those fucking pieces of paper to buy more into the McDonald's product. When I eat the fries or if I eat the fucking burger, the burger's wrapped in McDonald's product, right? So anybody can tell like, holy shit, this is a wrapper from McDonald's, right? Even if it was on the floor. And then you have the the, the fry box, right? It has the giant M on it and it's red. Clay, this, this is... Me being like, this is me getting clarity that I have established a business relationship by buying into the product of McDonald's, knowing that it's shitty food. However, I've been verified multiple times that I've done business with this individual. Even when I leave, if I check my bank statements, I know if I'm doing my books that I bought food at this establishment. 
At that being said, there's that psychological thing that's there. You know what I mean? And with this, like, if I take that wrapper and I throw it away and I throw it in the trash, some guy fucking picks it up or whatever. He sees it on the ground. He's like, oh, shit, that's a wrapper. You know, oh, that, that's from McDonald's. Boom. Immediately, I'm psychologically connected to McDonald's because that is there. And then right down the fucking street from where I found that wrapper is the establishment that I can eat my food at. And so, like, there's a lot that goes into marketing that people don't fully understand that's in the subconscious mind of marketing. And when you understand brand, you understand that. So, like, my color is black and gold all day. Black and yellow, black and gold, black and white, black and yellow, black and gold. And all of these colors are a part of everything that I do. Um, the Ground Zero brand, starting from nothing, and then Surface, which is my mastermind, and then Atmosphere, which is my one-on-one men- mentoring program. Um you know, the Infinity Cash Offer logo, exactly the same. So think about it, guys. If you're Brandon, how are you verifying that people are doing business with you? How are you establishing dominance in the area where other people are doing exactly what it is that you're doing? And if you don't separate yourself from these individuals that are in your area trying to do your business, you won't have a business. So figure out a way to create uniqueness in what it is that you do Figure out a way to brand and pick the right colors, pick the right vibe, pick the right setting, and your audience will be receptive to it based on the shit that you talk about and the things that you do. And so, man, I throw that out there all the time, bro, and people just like don't get that. It's such a small marketing piece that can be applied to literally anything. My contracts, branded Infinity Cash Offer. Uh, I have a TC, Infinity Cash Offer. When, when our title company is doing business with us and I have to amend my own contract, my amendment, infinity cash offer. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, guys, think about that for a second. When you close a deal, how are you getting repeat business? Are you verifying that they've done business with you, that, that they sold you their property? You know, where's the closing packet? Did you give them a shirt? Did you give them a fucking Yeti? Did you give them a coffee cup? Um, you know, did you verify that? Did you give them a steak night out? Did you give them an experience, a service, right? That's how you brand in business and not just like, oh, I want everybody to know who I am on social media. That's a very small part. But in your actual company, when you're marketing, if people are going to come back to you and you're trying to create word of mouth marketing, which to me is the most inexpensive form of marketing that's out there, you have to be able to verify that people have done business with you and giving them clarity that the service was met to their expectation in full. And mm-hmm. when you do that, that's when that marketing machine starts turning and those clients start telling their homies about you and they start coming to you. And next thing you know, man, I mean, come on, how many times have you guys had a seller so happy about what y'all did for them that they brought someone else back to you because of the service that Cash Geeks provided? I'm sure it's happened more times than you guys can count. And that's just one small piece and a giant marketing puzzle that'll bring massive volume to your company that we've implemented in our system over the last year um, since I last talked to you guys. Yeah. So I like where you're going with that because a lot of those separate tactics are put into place. And initially, and it could be for a long time, hopefully a short time, they're not really measurable changes, right? They're more of branding plays. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't do it because it's not like I can put this money in and what's my ROI on that tactic, right? So they're the immeasurables that people don't do and they and they need to do like and we need to do a lot more of that as well. We we do a fair amount of branding, but we're ready to dump a whole lot more money 
into the branding here shortly. Um, yeah, man. The thing is, we're going to have to be okay with X amount of dollars, X amount of you know thousands or tens of thousands of dollars into just branding tactics, knowing that it's going to come back in some arbitrary way that we just can't measure. Oh yeah, bro. Pens, paper clips, sticky notes, uh, notepads, binders, hats, wristbands, underwear, fingers, fucking everything from like decked out from the shoe up, bro. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I like y'all's thing though. Cash Geeks is badass. You know, I could see ads being ran for that. Like some geeky dude making some guy an offer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, literally sales guys on the phones almost every day. They say cash geeks to the to the sellers. And they're like, what? Cash geeks. Cash like money. Geeks like nerds. Like, oh, cash geeks. Every single day, call after call. <laughs> that's good because that means that y'all have something that's memorable. And that's very important, man. Because That's why we, we rebranded. Um, cause we weren't cash geeks until May or March of last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a different business name and we knew branding was going to be important. And what was the name before? If you don't mind me asking. It was Regency Litho assets. Yeah. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> cash geeks is the goat bro. Way to go yeah, on the yeah. positive change. <laughs> yeah, so, so we rebranded. We're like, yeah, that can't be on commercials social media fucking you know the pens and the notepads you just want it to be dope and well no one can remember it either right, right. it's very tough to remember and the colors well, I, mean, I can't even imagine putting that on a contract it's so long you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love Once it man. the name everything changed you know money so, started flying into the awesome. window so bro so it could be thing dude and that, that's what i love about it it's the smallest little changes that you add to everything like we recently changed a text template that we've been using for all of my guys that are sending text message marketing man um we uh i don't know what it is but we added this message and our shit went like through the roof about 30 percent higher on a response rate than what we normally get and uh literally the first the opening is hope you're well that's it hope you're well and then at the end, God bless. Hope you're well. Uh, saw your property on a recent foreclosure list. Would love to make you an offer. Thank you so much. God bless. Don't know what it is, man. Also, the, there's one more, too, that I like a lot. Can help with title issues. Just throwing that in the text message. Like, hello, Mr. So-and-so. Would love the opportunity to make you an offer on your, pro your property located at 123 Main Street. I can also help with title issues. Give me a ring. And then your phone should blow up. You know what I'm saying? And it's like little tweaks and things like that are, are really what make a big difference. And you'd never know it until you start adjusting and doing the changes. You know, one thing, and I know we're going to get into a lot of shit. I got, I got time today, guys. One Ooh. thing I love so much about marketing is that I like when you just literally tweak things, it just like you get the biggest outcome from like the smallest fucking thing. And, and that's what we noticed on our SMS marketing, guys, is just changing the way that things are being said. Because you could be sending the message at the right time, but saying the wrong thing. Mm, and so right, a lot right. of people in this business, they burn themselves out. They, they find out about SMS marketing and they toss $1,500 into one campaign praying to God that they get a deal, right? But that's not how you do it, guys. You take 100 leads and you split test the message. Take... The 10,000 records, let's say 1,000 records that you have and, and then send text messages 100 
pieces of SMS at like a time so that you can gauge the quality of your response rate on those individual text messages. That way you're testing it on a small scale before you graduate to large scale. And a lot of people are doing that right now where they're just getting gung-ho excited about all these systems and softwares that are supposed to streamline the process and they think that they can skip the bullshit when realistically you got to really split test the shit out of the marketing that you're doing otherwise you'll never know if it's effective on a large scale you know what i'm saying yeah man no that's huge and and you know i'm 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 freaking taking notes down man because everything that you're saying you know it's things that sometimes you don't think about you know you set it and forget it um and sometimes like when you're running a bigger business like you're not in front of these things every single day. You know what I mean? Like you have tons of other things flying at you every single day and you're not like, sometimes you don't even think about, let me switch up the template real quick. You know what I mean? Um, it's like one thing, bro. And it, it, it's right, such a crazy right, thing. Right. God but you, know, you got to test things before you release them on mass levels. You know, we can't say the right, same right. for the vaccine that's going out, but let's not take the conversation in that direction. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're, talking, now we're Ooh, talking about going should viral. We go now we're, now we're should we go, go in? Now we're going to go in. We'll buy houses with only one visit. God bless. God bless. <laughs> oh my God. We are vaccinated <laughs> home buyers. <laughs> vaccinated <laughs> home buyers. Anti vax yeah, home buyers and, and pro vax home buyers. <laughs> we'll see which one converts more. <laughs> I'm literally oh writing that one down on my Dude, phone. Right now. I'm the politically right. charged sellers. Oh, right. I mean, you have to be creative. We we ha we have been vaccinated, and we want to buy your house. <laughs> oh my god! I am the politically correct investor. I'm vaccinated, <laughs> and I would love to give you an offer on your property. <laughs> we, we we both doubled our viewers, and then we lost half. Oh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's hilarious! Uh, All right, cool, man. So I want to touch on something that you brought up earlier, and you said your boys. Um, uh, Mike and Charles, you know, great guys over there at the HBHS. Um, they were also at the dinner with us, and we all got to hang out. Um, but you mentioned that you're implementing reverse wholesaling more now. Yep. Can you, can you dig in on that um, and kind of explain what that is and what you're doing um, to maximize with that right now? Oh, man, on reverse wholesaling, bro, that right there is a Mike and Charles thing. Uh, I can't necessarily teach that because I told Charles that I wouldn't do that. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, the next topic. So, <laughs> dumb, we got to get Mike and Charles up on this. Here, right? yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say, bro. So, like, we've had them uh, on recently, actually. I've been learning so much from those guys. You know, they helped me buy my homestead, this place that I'm in right now. This is literally my new crib. It's fucking beautiful, too. I, I'm doing very well for myself. That not trying to flex on the internet or anything. <laughs> hey, if you don't flex for you, no one else is going to, brother. Truth, truth. I'm plugging my computer into the charger real fast. But man, I mean, honestly, bro, I mean, I'll talk about. I mean, I'm telling you, we, we've done some crazy deals already, um, dude. I, I just got done. So I think last time I talked to you guys, there was a deal that I was working on that I was it was cooking, and I closed it literally like a week after you and I got, after we had that sit down. And Mike and Charles helped me with this one. So I gotta give credit where credit's due if I'm gonna break this down. But we made $139,000 on one creative finance deal. And it took me three months to get it across the finish line because there was a lot of shit that I had to do 
to, to make this deal work, man. And I don't mind doing like a case study on it and breaking it down. Well, then let's go in. All right, let's go. How many people are watching right now? Uh, it's about 20. 20? 20? I'm going to blow y'all's fucking mind real quick. Okay. So um, literally around a year ago from today, I, I closed on this big-ass deal, man. It was a $139,000 deal. And we used that money to move into our new office, and I invested into a crap ton of equipment. And we, re, we, we, we revisited the entire idea of what it, what it took to run a real estate company. And, uh, you know, I, I learned several different processes and systems through an awesome mentor of mine that lives in El Paso. This guy, just one of his companies does $180 million. Uh, He's a cool guy, too, man. His name's Preston Brown, if any of you guys want to follow that dude. He's not like a social media guy. He did blow up on TikTok. I helped my boy do that. Um, <laughs> and uh, he taught me a lot about business and systems. But, you know, I wasn't able to afford things like that until we made big adjustments in our company and we put money aside out of operations to invest in mentorship. And honestly, man, I'm pretty sure I can also say that fucking, you know, my guys here at Cash Geeks also have mentors too. You have to consistently be learning and, and being a student's really what's going to help you. But this was a deal that I was supposed to just make $23,000 on an assignment fee on. That was it. I took it to Mike and Charles. This is why mentorship is important. You know, I see Charles as a mentor of mine. And uh, guys, you know, Charles told me that there was another way that I could take this deal. And so we decided to take it on in a very creative way. So around a little over a year ago, I found this gentleman who wanted to sell a property. And the thing about it is I put the property under contract for $50,000 and I took it to the title company. It turns out that the property belonged to their son. It was a man and his wife and their son died in that home, had a heart attack in the living room. Sad story, you know, but they've been wanting to get rid of that house for a long time. There was a home equity loan on the property for about $10,000. That was the first thing that we needed to adjust. And then the second thing that was against that property was a memorandum of contract. You guys are aware what that is, right? For my people that are watching that don't know what a memorandum is, just to give you all some clarity on that, a memorandum is typically a affidavit. It's somebody swearing an oath that there is an existing purchase agreement open for XYZ property, right? Could be 123 Main Street, whatever the fuck you want to picture in your mind. And so guys, when, when there's a memorandum against a property, typically for you to be able to buy that house, you have to get a release of lien on the home. And that release of lien uh, is going to have to be signed off by the original purchaser of that house. And so guys, uh, this stops a lot of people from stepping on other wholesalers toes. However, if you're savvy, you, you'll be careful when you do things like that because there are individuals like myself and other people that I know of that will go after memorandums and sue you guys for your capabilities to buy that property. And so be careful throwing memorandums on houses because a lot of wholesalers are doing that. I believe uh, there's a big fucking company that's out there that have a little caveman as their logo guy. They do that on every single house. And so this company was literally part of that. This person was a franchisee of that company. If y'all know which one I'm talking about, they rhyme Smith Mesters. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say who they are, but go ahead and throw it out there. Right. Um, home investors. Anyways, with this being said, <laughs> with this being said, you got a cold there. You might want to get a tissue. <laughs> thank you so much for caring about me, man. I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways. I talked, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, I talked to the guy. I, the title company gives me the person's information. I call the guy and he's like, no, nah, I'm going to buy that property. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to release this thing. And I even offered to pay him half of what I was going to make. You know, it's $26,000, $23,000. We're going to split it in half. And he was like, no, no, thank you. He told me to go myself. And that was pretty much it. Hung up on me. You know, he said, sue me. Screw you, sue me. And so it's literally what I did. Um, there's a few things here, okay, that, that I want you all to take into consideration. Number one, a title company wouldn't close a deal like this. Main reason why is because of the situation. Title company is not a real estate investor, guys. They're not, they're not accustomed to taking risk. They have to abide by rules. Also, real estate attorneys are not real estate investors. They're going to give you opinions that they feel are to the best of your interest because that's what you're paying an attorney to do. So I want y'all to understand this, okay? Because I spoke with several attorneys that weren't willing to do with what I was wanting to do with this property. But to be a real estate investor understands uh, that that means that you understand the idea of risk and mitigating the shit out of it. So do your due diligence before doing what I'm going to talk, what I'm what, what I'm going to tell you guys to do, and and make sure y'all understand to practice this at your own discretion. Okay? So you don't need a title company to buy a property, guys. If there's a deed in place, it can be transferred. However, what you'll be taking is called an abstract of title. An abstract of title is basically there's a written abstract inside of this form of title where you're still granted the deed. However, you may not be able to get title insurance because XYZ is going to be holding it back. The abstract is that title defect. Okay, so you outline what the abstract is and you still take title for me to be able to sue this person. I would have more strength in it if I was the owner. Now, the seller was on Medicare. They had a $10,000 lien against the property because of the home equity loan. On top of that, uh, you know, they were a little bit older, so I didn't want them to lose their disability. I couldn't just give them 50K up front because they would lose their disability. I decided to buy this property using the abstract title method. Abstract of title is what I took. They gave me the deed to that home. I bought this property on terms subject to the $10,000 equity loan and subject to title insurance. And so I offered to give them $500 a month for the next 20 some odd years. It was a very small note and they gave me title to the property and I'm now paying them plus the home equity loan. So it was a seller finance subject to deal. That's how I entered into the deal and I took title to the property. But there's the abstract, right? Because the memorandum's still in place. So when the original purchaser of that property put that house under contract with the seller, he fucked up. Let me tell you why, okay? Um, <laughs> when you put a property under, a, like under contract and there is an estate involved, you have to outline that this is the possible estate of. This person literally put the seller entitled to the house, but she was not the owner. She didn't have contractual obligation to sign on behalf of an estate that had not been defined yet. Because when her son died, he didn't leave a will and there was no affidavit of heirship that was filed. Thus meaning that when the original agreement was executed, the person who signed the contract didn't even have title to the home, which right. makes that original agreement null and void. And so I got all of that in writing and I was able to facilitate all of this with the seller's help. And I did what's called a suit to quiet title. Now, granted, this would not be an easy lawsuit. It cost me about five to 10 grand just to get this thing off of the ground. But now I own the house, right? And so during this time frame, guys, within two weeks, I had that property renovated and rented. 
with the $500 payment and then the $60 payment that I paid to the home equity loan, it was $560 a month. I rented it for $1,300 a month. During this time frame, when I'm in the middle of a lawsuit, I am cash flowing this property. And it rented like this because San Antonio is a military city. You get people that come in here all the time. Rents are stupid fucking high. And so, guys, within three months, doing the suit to quiet title, I was able to get the memorandum released. Now, guys, when the seller sold me that property on what, what do you get when you get a property seller finance to you? You get a general warranty deed, a deed of trust, and a note, right? It's like you just created a mortgage. Guys, some of y'all are under the assumption that only purchase agreements are assignable. Did y'all know that you can make literally any documentation that is a part of this deal assignable? Some of you guys are like, what the fuck? Maybe I don't know. I don't mean, is it true? So guys, I made the deed of trust assignable. I have houses that I own outright. And so what I decided to do with this property after I got done renovating it, which I borrowed private money to renovate it. I didn't want to use any of my own money for this deal. There's an awesome company in Dallas uh, that, that lent me the money. They did a second position lien loan for me, which is very rare to find. Um, but they're called GOAT Funding for all of my people that are wanting to check them out. They do second position lien loan, second position lien loans all of the time. And so I borrowed the 20K to renovate it, rent it, as well as, um, you know, uh, do the lawsuit. <laughs> so after I, I literally three months goes by, money to sue. <laughs> they lose in court, they release the memorandum, and now I have clear title. I took the deed of trust that I had with the seller on that property and I moved it to another house that I owned free and clear. Throwing that debt, his, his debt is protected still through an asset, may not be through that house anymore, but now it's through one of my other houses that I own outright which is a shitty $40,000 house that I own on the West side is what it is, right? But it was the same amount that I'm paying this person anyway, because the money's not going to go away. And so now I have this asset that's free, clear and title. I won the lawsuit. I'm cash flowing it. And I now own it outright. I sold that bitch for $160,000. And uh, after I paid out the realtor, paid out the hard money loan that I got, paid out uh, the, the attorney for helping me with the lawsuit, I, my full-blown net was $139,000. And that, my friends, is a subject to seller finance, abstract of title, suit to quiet title, burr, flip, cash out deal. <laughs> you, yeah. You've combined every real estate strategy known to men into one deal. <laughs> <laughs> what strategy on this one? All of them. <laughs> all of them, bro. And, and guys... Easy, man. My new course is is the everything course. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have never thought about doing the assignment of deed of trust if it wasn't for Charles, bro. I did not even think about that, you know. And bro, uh, that blew my fucking mind because he told me that, right? And I, that wasn't even in my strategy, bro. And so, guys, you know, a lot of y'all may not fully understand this, but everything's negotiable. If it's on paper, it can be negotiated. And some of y'all may be in a position where you created a seller finance note three or five years ago where you could probably pay it off. A lot of people may know how to negotiate the seller finance on the front end, but they're not even thinking about doing it again on the back end. What if in 10 years you have enough to do a cash out refi and you want to refinance one of your seller finance notes into a full-blown conventional loan with a bank? Why not negotiate the seller down one more time and say, hey, you know, I've been paying you for 10 years. I, I have a way that I can pay you out. You know, you, we can continue making payments. You'll make $40,000 over the next 
10 years that you and I are in an agreement, or I can do a cash out refi right now and give you $20,000 in your pocket. What do you want to do? And now you're negotiating on the second term. You see what I'm saying? So you're, you're knocking it down even further. And that's another tip that I learned from just being receptive to being a student. Right. Because I didn't think about that until I talked with Mike from HPHS. So I, I love those guys. I got to give them mad credit, man. They're my boys. I, oh, I can they're, them they're, they're, they're also super, humble. super humble and just yes. great individuals. Yes. Oh, you yeah. Know how, you know how we met them, bro? We were at a 10X event in Miami. Oh, yeah, dude. And we were wearing, uh, we took like a couple uh, members of our team. Actually, Joe's watching. He went with us. And we wore. There was like six of us. I think. There was like six of us. And we wore shirts that said. I wholesale houses and they were bright red. Yeah, bright red, bright blue, and we all wore matching shirts. And yeah. they just walked up to us. So as a group, you're noticeable. You know, yeah, you're six yeah. people all wearing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> up to us, they're like, bro, y'all wholesale houses. We wholesale and we do, you know, creative financing in San Antonio, blah 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 blah. And that's literally how we connected with them, um, right off the bat. And then over time, they're just, you know, huge huge uh, investors and they've been doing this for so freaking long man it's crazy oh yeah bro there's a wealth of knowledge man I, i've been going to the ria that they have too they have the hphs ria which is a nationwide ria and that's really cool paul wall at one of their events did that happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> paul that happen? Wall, bro. the people's champ right it's did, it really like lamp. <laughs> did it already happen that's the best thing yeah, man, that was like a couple weeks ago, actually. That was That's awesome. crazy. I remember seeing the video. He's like, yo, I'm going to be at the Rio. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> bro, we got to get a little bubble. The you know, not for nothing, they, you know, anyone that's trying to figure out their first deal in real estate, don't watch this episode. <laughs> this is like far from trying to figure out your first no, deal. This is awesome, man. <laughs> so, and bro, honestly, man, it doesn't matter where you enter into the business. So as long as you're consistent, like if you want to be a landlord, be a consistent landlord. If you want to be a flipper, be a consistent flipper. I think a lot of people just fucking half-ass their way into the game. And, and honestly, that's why people don't gain traction, bro. And realistically, you just got to discipline yourself enough to commit to something for at least six months, man. And even if it doesn't become successful in that time frame, commit to the next six months to learning from your mistakes for the last six months and pivot off of it. You know what I'm saying? So like right. you're always learning, bro. You're always trying to figure out different ways that you can do things. And and the moment that you stop learning is, is the moment that you that, that that you that you just instantly just you lose massive traction in the momentum that you gain. You know, and uh, these deals that I'm talking to you guys about, it didn't happen overnight. I was wholesaling and that, that's all I did, you know, and I decided to learn more and be receptive to being taught and coached. And if, if you fucking can't hold yourself accountable, bro, pay someone else too, man. I have a personal trainer. I pay him $3,600 a month. He's a 10-time bodybuilding champion. He's won like multiple national championships. His name's Zach. He's a really good friend of mine. And uh, I met him on Instagram, bro. And straight up, I pay this dude to push me to crazy fucking levels because I know that there's only so much that I feel that I'm able to do. And then when you get to that level, bro, that fourth set, and you feel like you can't pick the weight up again, you can if you dig deep enough because at that point, it's all fucking mindset, bro. And that's the same shit in business. 
Sometimes, man, you're going to have so much shit going on and it's going to be so much weight on your shoulders. You're going to feel like it's carrying you down, like it's like it's driving you into the ground. But you get stronger and, and you're able to lift more heavy shit. And when that happens, that weight on your shoulders don't feel like anything because you have adapted so much to the bullshit that happens in this business that it's like, don't even phase me anymore. We lost a 50K deal like two days ago, bro. Don't give a fuck, man. I'm going to continuously keep going because I know that this set is just that set. It's still got another one to go. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so right. that's that mindset that you got to apply to apply to this business if you're trying to 10x that shit. And for all of my people that are watching this, whether you're fucking starting out or you're seasoned, bro, you can do more. If you're on this thing right now, you can fucking do more. You know what I mean? And so don't leave anything on the table. Mm-hmm. Don't leave anything on the table. Eat everything, bro. I want to uh, just, we don't have to elaborate on this a whole lot, but that's, you, you were talking about that six-month time frame. And I think there's a lot more to that. I don't want to brush over it because there's a lot more to that than people think. I think six months is a really key time period for a lot of things and a lot of things at minimum. And one of those things are, you know, for us, when acquisition managers come on our team, we feel like until they really get good, it's going to be at least six months. They probably have the aspirations to get great at a year plus, but you're not getting anywhere in less than six months as an acquisition manager. Also the same with, um, with uh, uh, marketing campaigns. You got, you got to run those and tweak them for at least six months yep. to figure out whether they're performing decent, well, bad, or whatever. And I think where a lot of real estate investors fall apart, fail, or quit is because they didn't see it through for at least that time period. Would you agree with that? 100, bro. The secret of the sauce is in the ingredients, my friend. And so, bro, like straight up, like I plateaued so heavily three months ago, four months ago, before I hired my personal trainer, I couldn't lose weight anymore. Like I had already dropped 40 pounds, 50 pounds, and I couldn't for the life of me lose weight. Guess what? The big change happened for me when I started counting my food, dude. That's when it actually happened. 2,000 calories a day, 200 grams of protein a day, no more than, I believe, 125 carbs, less than 30 grams of fat, and nothing but lean food, no more cheese, and, and just straight up a gallon of water every day. This is called counting macros. The only reason that you know that you understand these things is because you split test them. You know what I'm saying? So I started out eating five meals a day at 2,500 calories. As I started getting skinnier and plateauing, I switched it again. I'm doing three meals a day and a protein shake, and I snack in between to subsidize for the time frame that my body is consuming the food. I exercise twice a day, 45 minutes of cardio here, treadmill here, elliptical here, shoulders back on Monday, chest on Tuesday, Wednesday rest, Thursday is legs. Friday is arms. You see what I'm saying? Like you rotate these things and you're splitting them. And so guys, what I love so much about the gym, and that's why I was like, when I, when I started the conversation with you guys, I brought that up, you know, and you don't have to go to the gym to understand this shit, but you learn so many things behind a weight rack, bro. It's like insane because there's just like, you have to have your form correct. Your posture has to be perfect. The way that you grip the bar has to be perfect. But when you start gaining momentum is when you start learning into the failures. 
and you start reading your ingredients, you start understanding the macros of what it took for you within that six months to become successful. And so, bro, you're absolutely right. It takes people like six months to really get this fucking business down, bro. And, and, and if you're not receptive to the time frame, as well as the people that are coaching you, I already know, bro, if I go into your office, I'm seasoned as fuck. You throw me on the dialer, I'm going to knock that shit out, bro. I'm going to run that shit up because I've been built for it already. But not everybody else is going to go into it with that same mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to build people up to that. You don't just start out at level 100. You start at level one, then level two, then level three, and you get the armor and the shit that you need so that you can fuck up those bosses at like level 10, level 12, level 13, going back <laughs> to video games again. Uh, and, you know, it's just like, it's a cool concept. And it, people just don't understand that. That's perseverance and consistency. And, and guys, you got to be able to know what's going on. The secret of the sauce is in the ingredients. Know what the fuck you're putting into it to know what the output is. The input is equally as important as the output. Mm. So, so what I heard was you're coming into the office and you're getting on the dialer. Is that is Monday at 9 a.m. good to start? Like, are you starting? Hey. <laughs> Let me know, man. Hey, bro, I'm always down to cold call. You, you, can, guys- be my, you can be my VA, bro. Just, just do a virtual. Just do a virtual. I think somebody was calling out anyways. So. Yeah. Bro, if you ever want me to come to y'all's office and help you guys out, I'm a sales guy, man. That's what I do. I'd, I'd love to help y'all with your team and I know you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I'm not saying that y'all aren't or anything, but if y'all want me to go in and, and help you guys out with some sales tactics, uh-huh. bro, I got videos for days on cold calling that I've done, uploaded to my YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I, I love cold calling. That That's an art to me. And, and if you get people that are insane on the phones, bro, that's just going to drive ROI up. I used to teach oh, yeah. 20 people at my office cold calling. You know, and I narrowed that down to pouring it all into four people that I've literally like they're fucking Q clones, bro. The way that I'm handling myself on this call is exactly how I am when I'm on the phone. I just confidence, bro, because I know my shit. I know what I'm talking about. I don't think there's a conversation that I haven't had. You know what I'm saying? So that's that repetition. And, and when you get better at something is because you applied six months time frame to it. You know, yeah. your muscles get stronger the more force that you push against them muscle tissue rips, then it heals, then you're able to handle larger amounts of weight. It's the same thing in business, bro. You just do it so often, it's like nothing. I throw Dom on the on the dialer, I already know for a fact he's gonna kill it. He's just done it for so long, you know? And 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 same for you. Um, just everybody here, you know, that that's the experience factor. But like I said, where people fail is they compare their day one to someone else's day like 1,000. These guys have built themselves to that. So if you're there, Fucking be coachable, be ready to learn and, and adapt quickly because these guys are going to be the ones to push you to get that. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, I was curious because you said you had 13 companies. I know we know about the VA company. You have different levels of coaching and mentorship, which is awesome. You've always been one to go in and help people. You create a lot of free content, which is amazing. So other than what you spoke about in the 13, what else is there, like one other one that you can mention that you're just, that you love, that you're having a lot of fun with? Virtual assistants, bro. That has got to be my most valued company. And and I'll be honest with y'all, man. I, I, I'm never going to bullshit on anything that I do, man. That's bringing me more passive income than my rental portfolio is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys, you know, uh, I'm, I would recommend to anybody that that is getting into business, you know what I'm saying, to 
learn how to run large teams because that's going to be, you see, leadership is a very slept on skill set this day and age, in my honest opinion. You know, and if you're not a good leader, you will not have a phenomenal team. I'll never ask anybody on my office to do anything that I've never done myself, bro. I've always led by example. I'll fucking tell my guy, man, you're doing that shit wrong. Take your fucking headset off right now and give that shit to me. Let me show you how to do it correctly. That's how I've always operated, you know? And so, man, with the virtual assistant company that we started back in November, um, and uh, that bled into the e-commerce world. I have VAs that manage Walmart and Amazon stores. We're currently building out Alibaba and Shopify. On top of that, we're getting into the energy business. Texas plus Florida are one of the many states that are in uh, America where there are multiple energy providers. And so, guys, my business partner, Kai, who, who her and I own Virtual Squad together, if you're interested in VAs, you can always hit us up. I got a VA for every single thing that you can possibly think of. I got VAs that are literally trained to make offers and put properties under contract. I got recordings of them doing it, too. I've trained them myself. You know, and so if you're getting a kick out of what I am, man, I mean, there really isn't anything that can be done on a computer that I haven't delegated to a VA. You know, and so like being able to build out the systems and processes in place to handle that size of a team. Right now, our virtual assistant company is about a $37,000 overhead to pay out all of our VAs, but it's bringing in anywhere between 40 to 60K residual every single month. And so as we grow and scale that business, I've noticed that it's offsetting what I'm doing in my actual business. You see, guys, if there's ever a cost in your business, it's imperative that you figure out a way to create a passive source of income that offsets that cost. Because there's going to be times where you're going to be in between deals in this game where you're like, you may have five deals ready to close. Thing about it is, and I'm sure that Dom and fucking Gonzo can can attest to this, is that you don't really know if those are really going to close all of the time, right? And so you're left kind of with your bag open still. When you create those passive streams of residual income, they offset everything else that you do and then your business becomes scalable. And I'm telling you guys, that's when you can feed money into other things. And so think about what's an expense in your company right now. And then think about what's taking away from your time frame to focus on money-making tasks. And, and I guarantee it, you'll be able to draw out a map of, of, of the place that you actually want to go. And so, man, I mean, I have six VAs, bro, all paid for, working for my company, cold calling. I got four VAs in my backend team. I got five VAs that are running my social media company. And, uh, you know, we have a whole team. I have an army of VAs that are ready to automate an e-commerce store for you. And, uh, bro, I mean, I've cornered the fuck out of that market, too. I know people that are selling Amazon and Walmart stores for like $50,000 a pop. That's a whole nother stream of residual income. We're selling those stores for 15K each, man. And so that's where I'm at right now. I'm in the business of building large businesses. I used to want to just buy an apartment complex and have a bunch of passive income. And, mm. you know, as you grow into the business, uh, your end goals are going to be changing with it. And as opportunity meets preparation, whatever you're prepared for or whatever God has instilled into your life will resonate with everything that flows to you over and over again. And that's what I've come to learn about this business is that you think that you know the final game? Like I'm, I'm dead, dude, I'm dead set on, on real estate. I know I'm always going to do real estate. But then you open up this whole other world where you're doing virtual assistance, you know? 
bro, we have an amazing culture, man. Like we're doing something really amazing. I'm going to, my, my plan is within the next five years to compete with companies like Upwork.com and Fiverr. So, you know, you'll see me on the map there, bro. And I'll say that shit right now and speak it into existence because we're moving so quickly. Why we're able to move so quickly is because we've already dedicated massive time to building businesses and the structure is there. And so, man, my business partner, too, is also a VA. She's in the Philippines. I wouldn't call her a VA. She's the VA of VAs. <laughs> but we own the company together. It's registered in the Philippines, plus it's registered here. I have a bank account in the Philippines as well that I wire money to to pay out our team. It's a crazy process, bro. It's a whole nother game. But out of all the 13 companies that I've ever built, that one right there means the most to me because I'm helping people in another country where the, the circumstances are mad different. If you're in America, bro, you're straight fucking spoiled and you have no idea, man. No idea. Over there, if you're out past seven o'clock, you'll get killed. You'll, they'll literally shoot you in the street, bro, like a dog. You know what I'm saying? And man, they have a wait list of thousands of people that are, that are in line to get the vaccine. And I have VAs that have died from COVID and, and some that are just getting the vaccine now. And it, it's a whole family to me, bro. So any way that I can help someone is what I love to do. And so the VA company bleeds into that passion of mine to help and empower people. Because that's what I love to do. That's literally what I'm passionate about. I love real estate, but my real passion is in learning, uh, is in teaching people and empowering people. That's Dude, amazing, that's man. Awesome, man. So before, because um, it's right about 10 o'clock, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But before we hop off, I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what you have to offer. All the businesses that you have. Oh, um, so so you've, nice. talked about, you've talked about a bunch of things, but I want to know where do people go to find that VA business? You know, you talked about, oh. I think it was atmosphere. Service, yeah, yeah. Guys, if y'all are interested in any coaching that I have available and you got a kick out of this, and if y'all want a motherfucker, they ain't going to hold back on anything. It's $97 a month, bro. It's subscription base. Fucking sign up, download all my shit, run off with it. I don't give a fuck. Uh, and cancel when you want, you know what I'm saying? And, and guys, you know, that right there is surfacemastermind.com. You're more than welcome to come and take a visit. If you're needing virtual assistance for your company, virtual squad hub.com. I got a VA for literally everything that you have or, or everything that you need in your company. Uh, everything, literally everything. I even have VAs that are CPAs, bro, like certified. Um, if you guys are needing data for your business, bro, like data for your business, uh, go to thedatafleet.com. If you're needing skip tracing, skipfleet.com. Uh, man, I mean, I'm telling y'all, if y'all are interested in the Amazon or Walmart automation, book a call with us at virtualsquadhub.com. And if you're wanting to get into a really easy passive stream of income where my team automates the stores for you, that is also something that is available, you know? And if you're just wanting to fuck with me in any way, follow me on Instagram at Real Estate Monster. And uh, join my Facebook group, bro. Wholesaling Houses Ground Zero, my guy. Ground so, Zero, bro. So you, do, do you have a divorce attorney, VA? I think I think <laughs> I, I think I got kicked out of Quentin's group like a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. Trying to sell coaching on it and going live and shit. I don't remember. <laughs> probably bro. don't even know, dude. I, I just I remember. Back. I just remember I know, that when we I invited Dom back. Oh, yeah. When we got into coaching, Dom was getting kicked out of all the groups, <laughs> and then I snuck in later. <laughs> That's so funny, man. 
Um, yeah, man. That's a lot of shit, man. And honestly, guys, you know, I, I'm an open book. If there's anything that y'all are needing or if you're just watching this and you feel, uh, you know, that I can bring you some sort of value, just hit me up. Join my group, Quentin Flores. Follow me on whatever the fuck. I would be more than happy to help you guys out with your business. Hell yeah. That's awesome, amazing, man. man. Well, dude, thank you so much for doing this. It's always a blast having you on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on soon again i want to hear about all these changes um it's cool because every time we bring people on that um we've had on before we can all talk about our growth and it's interesting to see how everybody changes you know what i mean every everybody's changing everybody's growing so it's been awesome to see your path man congrats on all this success congrats on the house um congrats on the room the the <laughs> gaming chair i fucking love it bro um Thanks, guys i'm g and I'm dumb. And this is the Cash Geeks Network. Peace. Let's go. <laughs> Hang out, Quince Q. Yes, sir.